Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and joining me today is James Keddington, the owner of Better Me Nation. Better Me Nation is on a mission to help every individual develop healthy habits and lifestyles that empower them to confidently overcome the hard stuff in life so they can ambitiously focus on being their best selves. Not knowing he had experienced workplace trauma, James developed poor habits around coping with mental health issues he didn't even know he was facing. After several years, he eventually burned out in every category of health. After a 20-year career in marketing and business consulting, he needed something new. He stepped out of marketing and began to take care of himself. From a lot of trial and error and helping his daughter resolve her own medical health issues, James discovered the world of integrative health and nutrition. He went back to school and received an education from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. He's now working towards helping people avoid extreme burnout or rebound faster and better than he did. He helps individuals do this through through one-to-one health and human performance coaching, and as a fractional chief wellness officer, helping growing businesses develop develop wellness programs for their employees. In his personal life, James enjoys the outdoors, playing water polo, and cooking. He's been married for 25 years and has five children and two dogs. Thank you so much. And this is a super important topic. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I think it's not talked about. It happens at work all the time and people sweep it under the rug or tolerate it. And it builds until it's something bigger than it has to be. Yes, it definitely does. And it often goes unnoticed because it happens in the workplace and not in a toxic personal relationship or somewhere else. So where do you start with uh, I, I, what I was thinking about before we were talking is that I was on a call last night with people. And when I said something like focusing on you and self-care I got eye rolling and like, you would have thought I said homework or, you know, chores. Yeah. Yeah. And look, it's, that also shouldn't be, that's something I look forward to. You know, it, 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 it also has become this thing. People maybe dread, uh, we, we put it off. But people, for some reason, don't make it a wonderful thing in their life. No. And, you know, I was like that. And I think sometimes I still kind of have adverse reactions to terminology in the wellness space. I would tell my kids, like, I'm more like Johnny LaRusso from Karate Kid than I am Mr. Miyagi. And that I kind of like, I grew up in the eighties and I have a lot of that mindset around where softer things kind of like, Oh, what is that? That's not for me. That's for snowflakes or that's for this. And so, but once I learned what the terminology was and what it really meant, I was like, Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Of 
course I should do that. So how do we help people recognize uh, this isn't good for you? You're not being treated well. You're allowed to speak up. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, sometimes I think that trauma in the workplace happens without us knowing about it. And it's often subtle and disguised. And so for me, I probably uh, didn't realize I had workplace trauma till years after it had happened, mainly because I thought trauma was a result of some catastrophic, catastrophic event like uh, being molested or going to war or being in a horrible car accident, not through being part of a mass layoff. And I didn't, I thought trauma was something that happened to people, not how we react to adverse situations. And so one, I think to, there needs to be an awareness from the workplace side that not all people are in the same place and are taking care of themselves the same way. And so to be sensitive to one, investing in people, because A, you wanna build their capacity to grow so your company can grow, but you also want people when they leave to feel like that was worth whatever period of my life I gave it. And I will recommend them again. And I hope people buy it from them. And I hope instead of having a, ooh, them, right? Or like this week, uh, on I'm very active on LinkedIn and this girl has made a lot of headway on the LinkedIn threads because she filmed her getting fired. And she shared that video and the way it was handled. And I don't know how she will come out of that, right? Probably better than I did. Um, but it was clear that what this company was doing is they were doing mass firings instead of mass layoffs. So they don't have to pay um, unemployment or give severance pays. And the, the people letting her go didn't know her. They've never met her. They didn't have access to her uh, latest performance reports that said that she was exceeding every expectation. And so it was this mass layoff disguised as a firing and she called them out on all of it. And eventually the CEO saw and said, wow, I'm embarrassed. But the reality is he should be embarrassed that there wasn't training. He should be embarrassed that her manager wasn't involved. He should be embarrassed that people weren't like, how is this going to impact people at home? And how do we know what it's going to do? Right. And so I think from, and then from an individual standpoint, we should always be consider that we don't know what's going to happen to us in life. There is so much out of our control. And oftentimes those situations are new to us. And if we are not taking care of ourselves, then we're not ready to handle the hard stuff when it comes at us. And if we're not ready to handle that, then it stops us from becoming the people we want to become. And that's what I would say to the Johnny LaRusso's out there or the people who roll their eyes at self-care saying, well, do you want to be stopped in your tracks when something new comes that you don't like and fall on your face? Or do you want to be able to blow past it and keep going on with life? And, and employers who are letting you come in, 
I think everyone will eventually need me, but I'm getting called in when there's a loss, when someone has a death and yeah. comes back and can't function the same way. And I'm coming in to intervene and mediate because their employer doesn't understand why they're not doing their job the same way. Mm -hmm. Right. So if we could deal with that ahead of time and say, we're all going to go through loss, we're all going to go through these unexpected things in life as a company. What do we do as the team? What do we do? You know, how do we handle it together and where do we go when it happens? Um, this not talking about it, right? My client, so I'll do groups. If you know me, if you're listening, watching, I wear my emotions on my, like I do not hide it. So if you had been in my group and you came at the end of the day and we're talking about what happened, even if I was sitting there listening, not saying a word, my face would say it all, right? Yeah. So you might not have known you were going through trauma, but my face would have told you, right? Because I would be like, that is like unacceptable. So right. I would hear someone talking about, this is what someone said to me. Yeah. This is what happened today. And it, val it validates like, wait, that's not right. So even if you don't think something is completely wrong, if you communicate your day, if you share what you're going through, you get feedback from others and you can find out that someone in your world doesn't think you're being treated so well. Yeah. And that, that's an incredible point to bring up. And also people will bring trauma with them to the next workplace too. So for me, like the, the place where I worked at, and I, sometimes I hesitate to talk about it because the people I worked for were awesome. It was, a, it was a great place to be. And they were doing their best with hard times. They weren't like, screw James, like, and being insensitive. They were doing their best. Like, they treated me right on the exit. It was my response to that, right? And so, and when I started talking about it, it was obvious to everybody that I had had trauma because I was having nightmares at least once a week for like two years. Like any therapist is like, yeah, that's trauma. Nightmares is not normal. Like you being afraid to go to sleep because sleep is worse than being awake. That's trauma. Like, like James, like, what are you thinking? Like, why aren't you getting help? Like you're stupid. Right. And so it was like, well, no trauma is for these people. No, it's not. But the next place I'd go to work, my boss would say, Hey James, can we chat real quick? Ooh, anxiety. Right. I would freeze. I would like my heart's beating, like my heart's beating fast. I'm sweating. I'm like, oh crap, Dale's gonna let me go, dude. I'm screwed. I gotta go home again. This isn't gonna work out. Or and and if Dell had known, like, you know, when we're out to lunch, James is pretty chill with everybody. He's laughing, he's doing this, but when I come for one-on-ones, he's different. James, are you okay? I noticed like when we have team things and scheduled meetings, everything's fine. But when we, I call you in for impromptu one-to-ones, you clam up and you get real tight-lipped and you get very guarded. How does it make you feel when I call you in for one-to-ones, like just spontaneously? Oh yeah, I, I get nervous. Really, why? Like we've been friends for a while and we just hired you and you're doing great. Like you see all your metrics are doing well. Why do you, 
why do you get anxious? Like, is there something I'm doing? Oh, I, I'm just afraid you're going to let me go. Oh, James, you're not going to let you go. You know, but now it's just like, could I do something different? Yeah, if you could just tell me, hey, James, I want to talk about this vendor. Do you have 15 minutes? Instead of, can we talk? That well, would tell me. World oh, of anxiety, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think sometimes it comes into training. Like, are you aware of people's body language in the different scenarios? Are you aware of these things, right? It can be things simple like that, too. Right. And, and that's amazing that your employer asked again, not all would. If I'm working well, he with didn't, someone, he, he didn't ask that, but he could have, is what I'm saying. Correct, like the next right? place I work at, yeah. So I, because I'll work with my clients and say, I hope nothing happens. I hope you go to your new job and absolutely nothing happens ever. And you will never need to have a conversation. However, we live in a world that we don't control, right? And there are bumps everywhere. So I think before you go in, we should have a conversation with whoever your team person is in case. And we should let them know that you have anxiety or that you've been through or not because there's something wrong with you, but so that they have the data to know how to interact with you in case. Again, this could be someone going from high school to college, from one job to another. But if we have been through anything and we are going into something new, if we give them the information, I hope they never need it. But yeah. if they do, we avoid that <gasps> entirely yeah. because not every employer will ask. Right. And it, and you mentioned earlier that that talking about this is important. And it's not just important because people are important. That That is the best reason why this is important because people are important and we go home and we have families and we have lives, right? And that that's, that is the number one reason. But the an ancillary reason is I'm gonna hire people from another company, whether it's because they need that company, something happens or it's time for them to move on. There could be a myriad of reasons why. And if their boss and their leader thought it was bad to talk about it, I'm going to inherit somebody who's not healthy. And people are going to leave my company and I'm going to send them to maybe a partner or a vendor in my industry because people sometimes stay in industries. And now a company I rely on for product or for sales or referrals just hired a person who's not healthy. But if we can talk about it, then other companies are going to start doing it. And so what happened was after I got my next job, I left within a year because I had the mindset, I'm going to be awesome and then I'm going to leave and I'll make them regret that they didn't keep me. And so now this company invested in me and then I leave. And then because my mental health is being ignored, I'm gaining weight, I'm becoming lethargic at work, I'm not as productive. And then the next company gets somebody who has this amazing resume but doesn't match those performance standards. So now they made a bad hire decision. But that's going to go in reverse too back to that company. So if we're not talking about this and we're not putting things into play, whether you call it karma or the circle of life, it impacts you. 
and outside of business, because all of those, yes, it affects your performance there, but I don't know about you. If you're not, if I'm not sleeping well, I'm crabby. And yeah. so that affects how I'm treating the people I interact with, like yeah. not only in my life, but maybe on the road, in the cash outline, right? Like, so I, I know this and I will tell yeah. you, I did not sleep well. I apologize in advance if my mood <laughs> interferes with our conversation today, but not everyone knows to do that. Yeah. Again, the importance of communication. So I want you to know data. This is again, important. It doesn't mean we're flawed, but we are giving people information. Maybe you will hold off on a conversation with me for until tomorrow, because I just told you I'm a little bit edgy, didn't sleep so great. And it can wait until you know, I got a full night's sleep. It's information other people can use a now they know not to take something so personally, but they also know what they can choose to talk about and not talk about with us. So yes, it affects our performance down the line at work and the businesses, but everything in our life. Yeah, that stuff is just a business case for investing. It's not the reason. It's just a business case for it, right? The reason is because we all deserve to have a great community full of happy, healthy people. And kids deserve awesome moms and dads. Partners deserve awesome partners. Parents deserve kids who go to work and come home happy. And that's what matters. That's the that's the real importance, yes. So, I mean, question, it came down to you saying the employer could have asked. How many times do we hear there's no silly questions yet millions of people think something and never ask? I went through a, a silly, silly thing with a client who, you know, a simple, oh, I, I didn't know I could ask that. We can ask anything. The only way to get more details and not go with our own imagination and our own little story is by clarifying, asking any topic. Oh, yeah. And I think people will not share if they're not comfortable with it. But if it's it's important to people, they'll share it. And so boss can say, hey, I noticed you clam up. Why? You get to choose how much, right? Yeah, I can choose how much I share. I just share, I don't know. I, I do get anxious. And then I, I closed it off. And maybe I know. I just like, I don't want to share with you, like, right? But I, he then could say, hmm, well, what can I do to help you not be so anxious? And that's fine, too. You don't, you don't need to know the reason, right? And another thing, too, is understanding lifestyle behaviors that contribute to poor health, right? And I'm not just talking um, I only eat junk food because we know that's a physical health and we know that our diet also impacts our mental health and everything. I mean, some people would dispute that, but they're in the minority now. But we can also say if someone's coming in and they're like always negative, like, oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Or why isn't it like this? Okay. That person's not showing signs of gratitude. Just like mental check. And uh, how you sleep last night? Oh, I like crap. And you realize, oh, they sleep like crap every night. 
and they're not very grateful people. And uh, hey, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I just watched TV. Oh, they don't have a very big social structure. They don't have a community outside of work. All of a sudden, these things like community and diet, and they're not moving their body a lot, and they're not sleeping well, and they're not gratitude, and they're maybe not serving other people. Wow, these are all things that help your health when you're doing them, but they're not getting any of that. This person's not in a good place, or they may not be. There are behavioral things that aren't clinical, but are essential for good health that, that workplaces can look for and start to say, hey, I need to take James out to lunch. Say, James, I'm concerned that you may not be in a great place. Do you want to talk to someone? Like, we'll pay for you to have a counselor if you want to talk to someone. It doesn't have to be me. If You, you can talk to me too, but... I just noticed that there's a lot of things going that I've been taught through our, our leadership training that maybe, you know, talking some things out with somebody or getting a coach might be helpful to you. Companies have the budget invest, mm -hmm. ha pay for the person or bring someone in to have there for them to go to. It's so funny that you say that. So it's, it's hunt for happiness week and unknown awareness we were, we were talking before and we got cut off yeah. because of internet. Um, but I, you know, I, I think these unknown awareness days and weeks are important. They bring up things that we would not otherwise talk about. And so many people strive for that magic gold, you know, at the end of the rainbow. And it's more like what you're talking about, the simple things in life, the little gratitudes that we have all around us that we can have and find happiness in our everyday that matter instead of expecting some big thing to solve all of our problems. And it's it's in the budget, right? You know, there's there's ways for companies to provide a training or do mental wellness things and the stigma around it being wrong and bad for you is just the world's BS. Uh, you know, not doing it is the problem. Yeah, absolutely. And those budgets can be used a lot of different ways, right? Like I know companies will say, Hey, we're sponsoring a team like to do a 10 K together or five K, which is great, but that's not everybody's thing. You can say, instead of doing that, we'll just take like, we would spend $75 on a registration for per person to do that, right? Well, you could say, hey, we have a fun budget. And when you are on board, we say, what are your hobbies? Oh, you like ping pong? Cool. Uh, we will enter you into a ping pong tournament of your choice. Really? You, you would pay for me to go to a ping pong tournament? Or you would pay for me to go to a cooking class? Wow. Because now all of a sudden, like, you're paying to invest in someone learning something new and doing something new and community, which are three protocols that impact mental health, emotional health, physical health, spiritual health, and relationships and your brain health. So as a company, I've just expanded someone's brain capacity. I've expanded their growth capacity, their capacity to learn and new do things. That's going to come back. A business case is that's going to come back because now they can do more at work. When I ask, you know, my nieces who are kids, what do you want to do? Or let's try something new for fun. They could give me a hundred things in 30 seconds, right? Yeah. Kids will try anything. When I ask an adult, 
what do you like to do for fun? They look at me like I spoke Japanese. <laughs> it's right? true. Like, it's true. We stop exploring and trying things because the world puts that judgment and, oh, you might not be good at it. Oh, that might not make you any more. So I love this idea because they would actually have to think about what they would want to do. And we should Yeah. never stop thinking about that. And who cares? Like, I do a lot of art, artsy things. They're not pretty. Like, you would not want to buy them. They're not for sale. They relax me, though. Like, it's therapeutic. Yes. For, it's, it's, Right. but my nieces are like, Aunt Sam, that's not good. <laughs> right? Like, they're Yeah. not pretty. I don't color Who between cares? lines. You know, I've never been one of those people. So... But, but that's not the point. It's fun for me. You know, it's my, it's my way to turn this on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it, it adds so much value because I hear a, company, a lot of companies talk about, oh, we're like family. No, no, you're not. You're not like family because family doesn't make like financial decisions on whether or not you get to sleep in the bed at night. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, um, so invest in them where their real communities are. And, and you can do community things at work. Like there's nothing wrong with the Christmas party and the, and the 10 K and the, there's nothing wrong with those things, but they're not saying, Oh, it's five o'clock. Anybody want to stay here and watch a movie at work? Nobody's Speaking doing of that. my husband's company, they um, they would have like chili. He, he loves making, they would have chili cook-offs and they would have things like that. Um, And that's great. Right? You do want to build camaraderie, but you have to recognize that a community outside of work is just as valuable because then I participate that and I come back to work renewed. mm hmm And all of these things don't necessarily tie directly to trauma specifically, but what they do do is make me more capable of handling negative situations so I don't experience trauma. So I can be like, oh, this, like, uh, Joe Schmo on sales is a jerk. And he just said some things that are really hard for people. And A, it's not right. We've got to talk to Joe about it. But we also know that because James does these things, it's going to roll off. It's just going to roll past him. He's going to move on. Because we know that James is doing the behaviors that enables him to deal with that. type of crap and not be affected by it. Right. Or we can follow up with James and say, Hey, James, we know that Joe did that. What are your thoughts? See, then we got Sam over here going, no, no, no. We want to also teach speaking up. Like, I'm glad it can roll off Yeah. your back and not make you lose sleep. But I think it's important to also have that conversation, you know, be able to say, not okay with it. Right. Yeah. And, and that, I think a lot of times that comes from example, right? So like I, I'm sharing examples, but they're like real life examples. Right. So, so Joe says that and boss, you know, uh, VP says, Joe, not cool. We don't do that. Like, that's not how we talk in this company. Um, either you can change your opinion and your attitude, or you can look for a job. So it's handled. You don't have, you don't have to, what, 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 what if VP doesn't say that? 
Well, then I think you have a leadership issue. Either, or, oh, right. or, or, it could be the, or it could be, okay, publicly is not appropriate. Hey, James, I heard what Joe said. Um, we didn't want to be confrontational because we didn't want to escalate things. But you need to know I'm talking to him about that. And no, nope, don't do that happen. either. It's on, your, it's on your responsibility. Nothing's done. Half, like, that's where I'm like... I don't want it to just roll off your back. Like it's important for people to be able right. to speak up and say, I'm not okay with that. Right. Yeah. So I, I do not disagree with you. I think that leadership also needs to mirror that as well, though. I don't, I think that hundred percent, but there are people listening that don't, there yeah. are people listening in my world. Yeah. More people don't work for companies with that leadership than do. Right. I sure. have people coming to That's me. True that don't have that. So I'm listening to people all day and they don't know how or who. And so they're coming to me and I'm bridging the gap and I'm mm -hmm. talking to the leadership for them. So I, in the world I want to live in, 100% the leaders are doing it. But in the world I do live in, people don't know how to speak up and fear the leaders and fear mm -hmm. being fired and are going to the bathrooms crying, calling me. So leaders who are listening know that you have employees who it might not be flagrant. It might not be so obvious that you're speaking up. It could be something passive that you don't see as major and they go home traumatized and don't you're know right. and fear their jobs and I'm the one handling it. And I'm the one coming in, calling, saying, if something's not handled, this is a legal issue. This, You're right. you know, and, this and is the problem. In that situation, I would say it's probably 99 to 1. 99 what you're talking about, one of what I think leaders should be doing. And, and oftentimes it's because someone in sales is a high performer and they don't want to fire someone who's bringing in money. Right, whatever so the reason, but, but the, so but the trauma that you yeah. went through, you know the trauma you went through, right? Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. real for the people suffering and the yeah. fear of losing my job, you know, whatever the case may be, we need to know that conversation should not be, when somebody else is wrong, speaking up should be reward. It should be, you know what? Leaders should be wrong. I should have said something like there are there are passive things. That's when I'm making faces and my clients, you know, my brand's ruthless. So they're like, oh, Sam's getting ruthless. Um, but it doesn't. <laughs> that's, good. that's a good brand to have, have. It gives you permission. We don't have to wait for the major meltdown for us in trauma, but we also don't have to wait for the major bad behavior for the leader to speak up. That's right. No. And sometimes, and I, I, it is scary because it may mean you're going to lose your job, right? It may mean a lot of things, but if you don't, what does it mean? It it's means just your mental scary. health, it means it's your well-being, right? It means you, yeah. It's just delayed. It's just, it's, it's just as scary or even scarier. It's just delayed. Maybe not. I mean, they're already not okay. Well, if, you, if you don't talk, to, if you're not talking about, it, is what I'm saying. Eventually, right. you're gonna have to deal with something. Right. It the shows consequence up. of not doing it is gonna come no matter what, right? Right. So you might as well just deal with it now. And yeah. And that's why keeping it in, talking to someone. I will say, like on the nights. Let's say I 
didn't get a good night's sleep. I love saying to someone, can I run this by you? The people I trust, not Joe Schmo, the people I trust. Mm -hmm. um, am I overreacting? I, I, am I being sensitive? Let me get your input, especially when I'm not on my A game. But even if I am, other people who I trust's input, especially if they say, oh no, that was not okay. That's all I need to hear. Then I know I'm not being dramatic or two cents. Those words that, you know, the world gives us, our feelings matter. And we tend to dismiss them and think we're overreacting. And generally when I ask those questions, I'm not. Once in a blue moon, I'll get a, yeah, you're being silly. Usually I'm, they're like more upset than I am. So running it by someone and, and hearing another, a person you trust, um, that's, that's like going and getting a second opinion in, in, you know, if you break your arm. Yeah. 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 And I think that it's, uh, you talked about telling, teaching how you teach people to stand up for themselves. I think that personal um, ownership is critical for every stage, whether even when you leave, right? So my son and I were talking uh, two days ago. He, he's uh, uh, 22 years old and he's had some interesting work experiences after, after high school. And he's like, dad, what would you do in this situation? I'm like, well, let me share with you everything about my work history. I said, I think you know a lot, but let's just talk about it all. Then I'll share with you what I would do. Right. And one of the things was Isaac, I would do a big inventory on yourself on the last place you worked because you have to role play that out again. And next time you, you can't avoid going to work for another company for fear that you're going to work for somebody bad. Not everybody's going to be great. They may try their best, but it doesn't mean they're going to be great. And you just can't leave because, oh, like it's it's always going to be a crapshoot. Some people are bipolar and they're the most amazing people when you're interviewed and then the worst a-holes when you work there, right? So you can't predict it. All you can do is what can I control once I'm there? And so what would I do differently? What will I do differently next time it happens? Maybe it won't happen. But it's like, oh, this is how I put up boundaries. Oh, this is how I communicate. This is how I will do this, right? Otherwise, you, you go through it again, maybe in a different form, but you'll go through it again. To anyone bipolar listening, no offense intended on your behalf. I'm sticking up for you. You know. <laughs> um, no, it's not. But And it's, it's not offense. And if you're bipolar and you know it, you're aware that how you impact other people uh, in your different uh, mindsets, right? I, I don't know the right term for that. Excuse my lack of knowledge around bipolarism, but if you're aware of that, there's some responsibility on yourself as well, right? Yes, but just like anxiety, it shows itself in all different ways and all different forms. And so the stereotypical yeah. conversation, you know, oh, the weather's being bipolar, right? Like is that the stereotypical yeah. is that there are these two polar opposite um, things, you know, yeah. moods or, or presentations. And so it's not, right. it doesn't only look that way. So. Um, right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, th and that's part of it is because it doesn't matter if it's anxiety or bipolarism or anything else, everybody has something they're working through. And so that compassion, 
So when I talked about how I sometimes don't like to talk about this because the people I work for were doing their best and they're good people, they have their stuff they're working through. I'm not like, I know that I've done horrible things in the workplace too. And I treated people bad. I'm not a saint or like my, my, my track history isn't what I talk about in situations like this. I've got moments where people say, oh, James, you talk like that, but you did this. Yeah, I did. Because like human being. Right. Right. And so extending compassion to people who are part of our story, but on the negative side of it is important too. Right. Like, and, and that's why that personal accountability is so important because it's, we can't control when someone has a bad day. We can't control when someone has mental illness that they're working through. We can't control that. We can control our environment and our ability to do things, respond to it to the best of our ability. Right. I checked on someone. I could, I, I was concerned. I couldn't reach someone out of character behavior. And so my, my behavior was, are you okay? Um, and when I finally reached them, th they burst into tears because there were a few other people who were lashing out. Like, why aren't you getting back to me? And like, we live in this world where there's so much instant response with technology that people just assume it's a choice that you wouldn't immediately respond. And they were so grateful to get an, are you okay? Because they actually had not been okay, <laughs> right? And and no one else had considered that possibility, uh, you know? So everyone's going through something and much of it is invisible. Yeah, a lot of it is. And uh, uh, there's a really neat lady that live, lives near me. Her name is Mary Kraft. Uh, she's a phenomenal person. She owns a great catering company. Um, growing up, built it to one of Utah's best catering companies. And now she does a lot of work for women's, um, like just empowerment, just like go be awesome. And she's, she recently talked about her own mental health journeys. And she said, when the hiding stops, the healing starts. And I don't know if she said that or if she's quoting somebody else, but I really like that because we, we do have to be open. Like th the more we can be transparent, the better. So this weekend, um, I had some experiences that brought up a lot. Now, these are things that would not impact me on a normal day-to-day -day basis. And most people would be inclined to not share these things in a workplace scenario. And I'll share them what they are with you. So 12, 13 years ago, my father-in-law just disappeared. Not, he wasn't kidnapped or anything, but he was just gone. And we're like, uh, where's he at? A year later, my niece comes forward saying that he had molested her. Okay, that answers question. He he did something wrong and shame drove him away from everyone. Four years later, no, four years ago, my brother-in-law and his wife, uh, my my wife's sister, uh, kicked her out of a company that she was a co-founder with, right? They had disagreements. Well, this weekend, my niece, had uh, she was testifying against my former father-in-law and we had the family reunion. I didn't see my father-in-law in 12 years, 13 years, my brother-in-law in four years. So two relationships I hadn't had to confront in years, both on the same weekend, at the same time, in the same place. Friday, I was all over the place. Thursday night, I was like, what? <laughs> like, like, I just didn't know what's going to happen, right? 
And I was hiding some things behind humor, like, oh, there's not enough popcorn in this courtroom to, for all the drama that's going to happen. Like, there, I was masking it with a lot of sarcasm and witty remarks. But the reality was, I was scared. Now, I work for myself now, but if I was in a workplace environment with a team of people and work for a boss in a corporate environment, I can imagine that I would not have been uh, my normal productive self. And it would have been important for me to say, hey, boss, um, Mary, you need to know this is going on. It doesn't impact my day to day, but we're having a once in a blue moon event in my family. And uh, you just need to know that. And that would be enough, right? Yeah. You don't need to it get for having a once in a blue moon event, right? People, you don't need to spill your guts. You don't need right. to give all the details like you just shared here, but something personal is going on. I'm a little bit not myself right now. That's important. Otherwise, all they see is a different performance level and you could be judged. Right. And who knows? It could have been something as bad as me lashing out at a coworker saying, why are you such a moron? Why are you always pestering me? And everyone go like, what the hell, James? Right. And but they could be like, but if I say that, like, hey, we're having a once in a blue moon event, it's going to do two things. One, it's going to give me a little bit of forgiveness, but it's also I'm going to acknowledge it and I'm going to be a lot more um, patient with myself and probably not have an outburst like that. It disarms them. It's the same thing as me saying I didn't get a good night's sleep. If we label where we are, if we give people the information, it's data. It also allows people, it gives them the permission to, in return, give us their data. Yeah, yeah. And it disarms ourselves too, because now we've given an emotion, space, and time to exist. Versus and being confined and repressed. The majority, it's difficult. It's difficult to share. Like, I choose to be the voice for the many who do not want to. But those who do say, how are you? How are you? Most people say, good, great. The people who choose to say, not so great today. Ask yourself, most people say, me too. Like, you are met with honesty. Yeah. Absolutely true. So these things, um, they don't always um, come when, they never come when we want because we don't ever want them. And they come in all different forms. In fact, I, when I was reflecting on this, when I was having those nightmares, was the same time that my father-in-law left, right? Our bodies always know. And so like, I, I was thinking like, holy crap, I didn't realize this. But that was like another, I probably didn't never even put the two together. I'm kind of like having this therapy moment today as I was reflecting on the last few days. Like, oh, like I was going through all that trauma of rejection. And here's another element where like one of my best friends is just now ghosting me. And I didn't know why. I never kind of, like our, our emotions don't see work and personal life and hobbies. They just see us, right? But our bodies so, always know. It's our soup, yeah. like it's our map. So that like, if, if I don't get a good night's sleep, okay. If I don't get two, something yeah. I need to pay attention to. Right. And, and I, sometimes it's like, oh, an anniversary is coming up. 
I wasn't looking at the calendar. My clients say, uh-huh, right, until it happens to them. And they'll be like, you weren't kidding. I was feeling this way and it's about to be the year anniversary. Like, how did my body know? Right. <laughs> I don't know, but they know. Our bodies always know. So if you trust that and learn to listen, we we ignored it for a lot of our lives. If you listen and trust yourself instead of the noise and the BS of the world, then things become magical. Like you are, you have all the answers. And we, when we hear it, we know it. When someone says, hey, uh, they're giving a presentation. Maybe it's like we're, you or I are doing a webinar and we're just kind of being the talking head, giving lots of information. And all of a sudden we say, uh, it's okay to tell your wife how you feel. For some people, they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I hear that all the time. And other people are going to be like, yeah, I should do that. And if you hear that and, and, and your reaction is, yeah, I should do that, then you should do that. <laughs> like, that's your answer, right? The other stuff, yeah, let it keep going, but don't forget that piece of advice you heard. Right. There's not going to be a shining white light. <laughs> it's not going to be a magic tunnel or <laughs> music. Right. But you'll, uh, when you hear it, you know you should do it. Don't ignore that intuition. Exactly. What's your podcast? How do people learn more, connect with you? Yeah, so I've got a podcast called Overcome and Become, and it's every topic is health-related, whether it be mental health, physical, spiritual, emotional, relationship, brain health. And it's all about helping people become confidently overcome the hard stuff in life so they can ambitiously become their best self. So that's one way, like, just fo following that podcast would be awesome. I would love it. Um, another way is I've got a community on Facebook called The Better Me Nation. And if you looked up Better Me Nation, you're going to see that as a group. Go ahead and request to join. It's a it's a private group because we do have shared confidential things. And uh, the nature of that is we're all trying to get better and just make ourselves better one day at a time. And so we do make sure that uh, spammers can't get into it and whatnot. But request to join. It's free also. And we'd love to have anybody who wants to be part of it. We just want to know you're a real person. That's why we close it. Yeah, in this in this day and age, anything's possible. <laughs> um, uh, any last thoughts for everyone listening? Yeah, I would just say like work on building your capacity, your health capacity, because the more uh, you're capable of um, being healthy, kind of like a credit score, like if you have a health score, the greater it is. When the unpredictable things come, the more capable you are of just dealing with it in a healthy way versus an unhealthy way. Thank you so much for your time and your honesty and everything you've shared with us today. Connect with James at Better Mean Nation and what's the overcome and become? Yep, overcome and become. Until next time, everyone, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hab community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.